Welcome back, everyone, to another Canadian self-storage information podcast. Just uh, wanted to say thank you for your continued support and, and uh, seeing the number of downloads and listeners growing is always great. So I'll try and keep this up as uh, I find uh, a fair number of you are very uh, eager to hear what I have to say, um, hopefully on a weekly basis moving forward. We've been pretty good over the last four weeks and and I got a few more that are already done and, and ready to go. Uh, so things to look forward to coming up here uh, are going to be market overviews for Vancouver and for Calgary, as well as the uh, Q1 uh, cap rate update for the self-storage industry with all the uh, the sales that took place sort of at the end of Q4 and beginning of, of Q1 that have really kind of shooken up the uh, cap rate landscape in at least the, the major centers, but also in some of the smaller markets. Um, in addition, I'm, I'm also working on some articles that uh, look at the connection of cap rates to light industrial in major markets in Canada. So you can look forward to those coming out in April. Uh, we're also going to be at the self-storage uh, convention in Las Vegas, April 1st to 4th. So if any of you are there, please reach out and let's uh, meet up and have a coffee or a drink or something in Vegas. Um, yeah, so today we're going to cover third-party management. Is it right for you? What is it? Who does it? And what's good, what's bad, and, and what you should be looking for. So um, in recent years, we, we've seen a, a dramatic increase in the number of non-storage operators entering the storage market. And a lot of these operators are building larger facilities in sort of A markets and uh, are looking for third-party management to manage them for them, at least during lease-up and, and to get things going because it's it's a big investment and they want to make sure the returns are as good as possible. Um, you know, I've seen facilities in Vancouver and the GTA and, and now in Calgary that are going this route where um, someone has come in and built the facility. However, they uh, they don't have any management experience in the storage world, so they, they contract a third-party person to come in and, and set up and get things going right for them. So what is third-party management? Simply put, third-party management is when an outside company handles all the management responsibilities for a facility so the owner can be very hands-off. Um, in the most recent management contracts I've seen, um, kind of looking at rates between 5 and 7% um, of EGI, or uh, effective gross income. Um, but there are different uh, equations used if a facility needs to be leased up uh, because, of course, 7% of zero is zero, and that's really no incentive for a manager to do anything. Uh, I have seen some contracts slightly higher, uh, up to 8 8.5%, but those are in special situations, um, sometimes in markets that aren't so great, or just there's other things at play. So who are third-party managers? In Canada, we sort of have two different groups. Uh, one is the companies that exclusively do third-party management. They don't own any facilities. They don't run their own shops. Uh, they're just a management company, and that's what they do. Um, there's a fair number of them. I'm not going to name any names because I don't want anyone to think there's any favoritism going on here. Uh, and then the second group is the group that own storage facilities but also offer management services. And there's some big players um in this realm as well but again i'm not gonna name any names um you know if, if this is something you would like some information on or to chat more about please reach out to me and we can talk privately um it's just i work for a bunch of the companies and i don't want anyone thinking that uh 
I favor one over the other, so we're just not even going to talk about who does what on the podcast. So things to look out for in the management contracts, and management contracts vary widely depending on who you're dealing with, um, whether they're the first type of company where they just manage facilities or they're the second type where they own facilities but also offer management. And in the second case, a lot of the time there's rights of first refusal um, built in. And, and for some of my clients who um, went and raised capital, whether that be privately or, or in in the, the investment markets, um, a right of first refusal is a very difficult thing for them because it doesn't necessarily allow them to get the best return for their investors, which is sort of the fiduciary duty. Um, so that becomes an issue. Uh, and then the other thing to really look out for is how employees are treated. Um, I've seen some contracts with employees or the employees of the facility and managed by uh, the management company. But at other times I've seen where the employees are the employees of the management company and not the facility. And now where this is important is the active passive tax income or tax rate, I guess, when you're, you're talking CRA terms. Uh, whereas if you don't have five full-time employees that are not family members, you're considered a passive business and you're taxed at a much higher tax rate. Um, now, some companies will assign, in quotation marks, um, employees. I've seen that three or four different times with three or four different companies. Um, and as of now, it hasn't been an issue with the CRA, but until that's tested in court or at least by the CRA, we're not sure if that's going to hold up, and that would be a really bad situation to be in if if you find out years down the road the the way you have it set up is not going to pass the CRA sniff test. The other way, um, you employ the employees, you you deal with all that. They're just managed by the uh, the management company, and and that passes what the CRA needs. So it's something to to be aware of and and to make sure that you. Uh, you plan accordingly, speak with your accountant, your tax lawyer, or your lawyer, and everyone involved to make sure you're comfortable with the way everything's set up. Um, you know, I'm not, not saying one way is better than the other. I'm just pointing out what lawyers have told me, having been involved in some of these management contract discussions, that although the CRA hasn't said it's not okay, they also haven't said it's okay. So you could be in some liability there. Um, so just keep that in mind. And, you know, we are still at the association fighting the active passive tax thing, but our federal government's been a little distracted with a few other things lately. And I think we've kind of gotten shoved a bit to the back burner. Um, so the other question is, you know, why should you consider, uh, a third party manager? And this just comes down to experience and, and maximizing the return on your investment. If you don't have experience in the self-storage world, and you're opening 100,000 square feet in a very competitive market, you're at a disadvantage because most of your competitors are sophisticated storage operators. And uh, at the end of the day, they, they have a very good idea of what they're doing. And if you don't, you could really not make the kind of money you should at your facility and, and also you know, to the detriment of your investment. Um, Having said that, smaller operators may not need to consider third-party management, and, and most third-party managers won't even have a conversation on a facility under 45,000 or 50,000 feet because there's just not enough money there to pay them what it would take. So 
some people maybe can't even consider that. Um, in the U.S., it's a little different. Um, there are some management companies who will look at facilities as small as 35,000 feet uh, in secondary or tertiary markets. But in Canada right now, because we are a much smaller industry in general, um, you don't have any, I don't see any companies that really are willing to look at the 35,000 foot area and, and kind of to start at 50,000 feet. So this is just sort of a basic rundown. Again, third-party managers, they would handle all of your management uh, responsibilities uh, and you sort of can be hands-off, um, which a lot of people like if they're in retirement or planning to go to retirement. Um, but they, you know, there is the fee to be paid, which is a pretty substantial amount. I mean, five to seven percent, sometimes eight of, of your income before expenses is, is a lot of money. But what's it worth to not have to be involved and get that phone call on Christmas Eve when your gate froze open or froze shut or, or something like that. I mean, there's, there's definite benefits to that. Uh, if you have any further questions about third party management or just want to talk to me about who you should be contacting or who's doing what in the industry, please feel free to reach out. Uh, information is at the bottom of this article. Um, Patrick at Canadian-self-storage.ca um, is another way to get a hold of me. Uh, message me through LinkedIn uh, or email me, and uh, I can probably point you in the right direction or get you introduced to the people in the industry um, that we work with. So thanks for stopping by, and uh, we'll keep this going with more uh, podcasts on the way. Have a great day.